So, Corey, I had a bit of a solo adventure earlier this week. And I kind of need to talk about it. Yeah, you were telling me you made a deal with some hobo in an alley, made some chili with the Mr. Coffee and a shoestring. <laughs> yes. So, basically, I bought something off the internet. <laughs> gotcha. So... And I want to preface this because I was thinking about this the other day of when we first had the internet introduced of don't talk to strangers online, don't do X, Y, and Z, don't give like make deals or transactions you don't know who you're talking to. Don't meet people from online in real life. Yeah, all of those warnings. And I, don't give them your credit card number. Oh, wait, you still don't do that. No, I don't. <laughs> Oops. But I have given my social. No, I'm kidding. I haven't done that either. So does it start with a three or a four? It starts with a fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so I purchased something off of Facebook because I am currently in the process of decorating a newly acquired living area. Um, so I need to start collecting things. I need to start hoarding like a dragon. So I found a really nice mirror <laughs> on Facebook of all places. Facebook of all places. And I will say Facebook Marketplace is one of the most like effective like garage sailing techniques ever. Oh yeah. I've furnished so much of my living off of Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. So 10 out of 10 do recommend, but I purchased a mirror. Okay. And I met this seller was from a gentleman and he was selling it for, it, it's a, like a five foot mirror. So it is Nancy sized. Okay. Like, big mirror. So the whole experience, though, you know, of like going in, messaging, like, hey, is this still available? And then me getting there. Because it was raining. <laughs> so it was raining, and then, like, there was construction. So all the, all the things. And I, I remember I texted you. I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing really quick. <laughs> this yep. is where I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah, here's my location in case I don't come back. Yeah, because I'm still making a purchase on the Internet. So as I was rolling up to the house, because I didn't really tell you that I was buying this. I just, like I said, I had stuff I had to do. Yep. And I was like, oh, wait, someone should probably know where I'm at. <laughs> and you choose the most unresponsible person you know. Yes, because you are my go-to homie. <laughs> yep. The one who would let you die in the wolves. No. If it helps, I'd at least throw your body off the cliff. It, which is fine. I just need you to get it from, like, I don't want, like, a stranger to have it. You could do with it what you will once you have it, but you just need to get it away from someone that doesn't deserve to fuck with it. I know. Send it to science. Let some five-year-old jump over all over it. I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, I know yeah. your wishes. Yeah, you'll be good. So <laughs> so after I send you the message, um, then we had the whole debacle of trying to get it into the car. Because I asked for the measurements, but forgot to measure how much space I actually have inside of my car. <laughs> Sounds like... Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like I fit things into my car that should not physically fit into cars. I'm Mary Poppins in that respect. In one way or another, it fits. It, sometimes it takes a little bit more elbow grease to get there. And it being a new car. And it being a new car, and I still haven't learned her all the way yet. But we got it in. It took putting the seats down, moving both seats all the way up, <laughs> pushing my steering wheel into the, <laughs> into the, the console, mm -hmm. like pushing it in, and then like having it like tilted at like a slight angle. But it fit the whole five mirror, or the whole five foot of the mirror. It, we got it. I'm sitting here thinking about your story, telling you all of that. Yeah. And all I would have to do is fold down the seats in the back of my car and put it into the trunk. Yeah, I tried to do that, but my or car is just not long enough. The back, or put it yeah. across the back seats. Yeah, well, my car's not long enough. 
or it, it would not fit this way. It would not fit lengthwise and it would not fit widthwise because it was like five feet by, it's a, it's a five feet by three feet near or four feet, three and a half, four feet. Sucks driving a hatchback, doesn't it? It's not a hatchback. It's a crossover. <laughs> so now I'm clown carning it. Like basically like I'm clown carning it so bad. Yeah. Definition like, of what you do in a hatchback. I, no, it is a crossover. <laughs> I've crossed over to the Bozo land. So and I'm so we get the we get the mirror in and the guy, I have to tell you about the guy. So I'm messaging him on Facebook about this mirror. Uh-huh. And I was like, I just need to know. I was like trying to barter a little bit. I was trying to get it for cheaper. Was able to get it for like 10 bucks cheaper. I was like, okay, I'll take it. Like that's fine. Because I'm driving out of my way to go get it. He needed to get rid of it. And then I was he was sending me pictures of the mirror, but beforehand he sent me pictures of like I guess the wall he's painting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we started talking about his wall painting and then like he gave me a cell phone number to call him when I got there and like as we're trying to get the mirror and he's like I'm a Leo and I get comfortable with people really quickly and he started spilling like his life story to me oh my yeah um he's like yeah I just bought this house and there's like mold here and I'm like I'm like okay <laughs> help me get the mirror in the car please <laughs> but he was very friendly he was he was very like it wasn't overbearing at least where it was like kind of creepy but it was just like in your face leo he was just like i am like i am like here and you get to know all the things in the small amount of time i've been with you well yeah you made a new best friend i did make a new best friend so <laughs> and i wish him well with all of his wall painting and house endeavors so <laughs> but well <laughs> but yes and then i just wanted to do that brief aside because i can't believe I forgot to talk about him. And then as I'm driving back, because I feel like the drive back is important because you've heard how we had to get it to fit. Yep. And I had to squeeze my way in <laughs> to my car. Yeah. And I'm I'm like on top of the steering wheel, driving, <laughs> grannying it up. And I, you know how I mentioned earlier it was raining? Yeah. It was drizzling. Uh, then a downpour decided to come. Accurate for our our weather yep and it was a very quick downpour but i legit couldn't see (laughs) and i'm on top of my steering wheel (laughs) i'm sure everything about what i'm doing is like not technically legal but also technically not illegal could you see out of your rearview mirror yes it was not illegal i know so i could still see out of it it was fine but it was just very uncomfortable (laughs) and then as i'm driving in the downpour there's a single car going down the feeders of the highway that is driving in the middle of the lanes. Not in the right, not in the left, just straight down the middle. Yep. And then they slammed on their brakes and had to make like a hard right turn into, I guess, their neighborhood. Did they spin? No, they didn't. <sighs> but. <laughs> Disappointing. So I know. I was hoping because like they were driving like such an asshole. And it was like the one time I actually drive like Miss Daisy because I'm like, I don't have any room to actually drive right now like you get your brand new mirror you don't want to have more bad luck on yeah. top of the bad recent run of bad luck right like there's a lot of luck, like riding on this car ride going as smoothly as possible because <laughs> the mirror could have broken i could have crashed my brand new car that i got because i had crashed my old car <laughs> so there was a lot riding on this trip to be a success yep but i made it back you did <laughs> with a story to tell <laughs> yes So, would you do it again? Damn, Skippy, it's a nice mirror. <laughs> Honestly, I buy things off the internet all the time. Like, the, enti- the entire part of it is weird to me, though. 
Because, like, I'm just, like, this, like, random person, like, coming to your house. Hi, nice to meet you. Give me your shit. Here's here's some money. Here's money. <laughs> Let me buy your shit. Yep. <laughs> just walk up. Here, take my money. I'm going to buy your shit. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to pay full price for the new shit or put it together, like, myself. Like You don't want that shit? I'll take that shit. How much money do you want for that shit? Yeah, give me that shit. Hey, that shit, too? Yeah, that's my shit. If you have any shit for sale, email it to the thing. Email it to us. At a thing bought at gmail.com. Chances are I might come pick it up in Just a car. Make sure the title fit. says, hey, buy our shit. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I think we should go on to our next part. Yeah. No idea what it is yet. We'll find out. We'll find out when we get there. Enjoy it's a the, surprise. Enjoy the jump. Welcome back, Thingateers. My near debacle aside, we have a great episode lined up for us today. We're going to start by talking with a very special friend of the show, Mr. Pop Culture Junkie. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Good to talk to y'all. Yes, and I'm, I'm happy I get to be here for this little bit because I just so happen to be relocating, or maybe I have been relocated. Or maybe I haven't started yet. You'll never know because of the power of the internet. Don't tell people <laughs> the truth. Just tell them you were evicted. It's okay. Hey, I'm, I, I'm holding in on my cardboard box on the street. You don't need to know how I got there. Why are you outing me? And yet you still have internet. The power of technology. Hey, Wi-Fi hotspots, man. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta find a way to get the, the let's talk to the people. These are the sacrifices I make for y'all. Were you able to catch the big game in your little tiny box? I was. There was a big screen in my tiny box. I don't know if you've ever seen Out of the Box, but that's about the type of box I'm living in right now. It's kind of a nice box. Gotcha. So yeah, I caught the game, I caught the commercials, and of course the halftime show. So maybe we should talk about it. Okay, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. You down, Mr. Junkie? Junkie? Hey, there we are. I lost y'all for a second there. (laughs) All right. Sorry, that's audio, I guess. Okay. No worries. Well, let's jump in. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. (laughs) Okay, sounds good to me. So we know the only reason anybody ever watches this game really is for the commercials because who really cares about the san francisco gold miners and the kansas city arrowheads it's all about commercialism america no you mean the missouri arrowheads no the kansas oh yes the state of kansas i forgot yes because that's (laughs) what i was told by somebody very important we're gonna put important in quotes and move on with our discussion because the commercials were awesome and also awful and kind Um, of heartwarming but then also kind of cringy. We got a mixed bag this year. We had some good ones. We had some bad ones. We had some that somebody critiqued the glasses of on. Oh, yes! <laughs> I mean, but I critique the glasses of pretty much everything now because I'm that asshole. So, let's talk some commercials. So, I guess, Mr. Pop Culture Junkie, which one do you think stood out to you the most? 
There was a few that stood out, but I, I think I have to go with the majority here, and obviously the Jeep commercial starring the legendary Bill Murray reprising his role as uh, Phil Connors from Groundhog Day movie was a shocker for pretty much everyone. Because I don't know oh. how they got him to do that commercial. It just is so out of left field with Bill Murray. I mean, they probably paid him a lot of money. <laughs> That's usually it, how you get celebrities to do things. But it looked so good. I mean, it looked just like Punxsutawney, uh, Pennsylvania, just like where the movie takes place. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Ned Ryerson looked identical to his character from the movie. Uh, they even had uh, Bill Murray's brother, who played the mayor in that in that film. He was reprising his role. So, I just yeah, it was a shocker to see him uh, do this, but I loved it. And yeah, they probably paid him a ton of money for this. Honestly, though, but it was such a fun commercial, and I liked that it was also like the first time I saw this commercial was on Groundhog Day. Like, right? It, it was just it, yeah. it, it, it was it aired on Groundhog Day. It was fantastic. And I like seeing Bill Murray go on a bunch of adventures with a little groundhog. Like, especially when they were doing the, uh, the whack-a-mole. whack-a-mole. And he's like, it's not personal. It's just <laughs> oh, a game. God. Like, I love that so much. <laughs> it had such, it had a lot of like really good little tidbits in it. And it was, it was fun. He had, he had a lot of good one-liners that it's like, it's Bill Murray made me wonder as we're watching it, like, okay, how much of this was an actual script or did they just say, okay, Bill, do your thing. Because he's known for that. Here's a groundhog. Have fun. <laughs> Basically. And like, Ugh. even like the way they closed it out with like him having the groundhog in like a little swaddle while he's like skiing. And he's like, I don't remember where I parked the car. I was following you. Like, because they bonded over these days. Like, <laughs> So that one was fun. I really like that one. I won't lie. I don't like the way the truck looks, though. Oh, no, the truck is freaking awful looking and i will never be a jeep truck stan i think it's gross but they had good marketing <laughs> apparently there was a gmc I, ad bringing the hummer back during the super bowl and it's going to be an electric sport utility yeah let's talk about a complete 180 right there because you go from hummer the most like gas guzzling lawn ornament most pretentious expensive piece of god-awful looking machinery and they're like okay we're gonna pull a tesla and become electric like excuse me I don't know if you could tell, but I really don't like Hummers. Well, well, wasn't there also there was a commercial for Mustang, and it looks nothing like a Mustang. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, I saw one that was yeah, it was a Mustang commercial. I don't remember the details about it. I just remember staring at the vehicle, going, "This is not a Mustang, but it's a Mustang." It's kind of like what they did with Cadillac a few years back, where they changed that up too. I will yeah. ask a question. Did you know that Dunkaroos are coming back? I've heard that. I heard Apparently, the rumor. It's they're coming back summer 2020. It's confirmed. They created an official Twitter and everything because they met the goals for people I, to bring them back. I, I saw something on social media. Is it actual Dunkaroos or Oreo Betty, Dunkaroos? Because I saw an Oreo advertisement thing on Twitter. No, this like is that. better Betty Crocker. Okay, so it is something they'll dunk back in the little icing cups and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Not a Super Bowl thing, but just want to just confirm a fun that thing. to date the podcast a minute there. <laughs> just a just a fun I, us talking about the Super Bowl isn't dating it. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, like no, we're talking hmm. about this could be any Super Bowl. We didn't say what 
what year. We didn't say what uh, Super Bowl number this was. We just, yeah, there you go. You mean what letter combination? <laughs> so I want to talk about the Bud Light Seltzer ad for a minute. Yes. Oh, that one was one of my favorites. That one was pretty well done. Because you've got you've got our boy Post Malone in it. And like he just he's wandering in and just doing his thing. And he's like, okay, where's the bud the the bud light? And then he saw they made seltzer. And then like they do like an inside-out ripoff. And they all have his tattoos. <laughs> and then just why not both? No, it's not even that. They start like an internal fight where he basically destroys the entire bodega <laughs> of like inner fighting of like, no, we get the Bud Light. No, we get the Bud Light Seltzer. And like you just see him like fighting his body. And he's like, oh, <laughs> and not then it's really just at sure the end. Why not both? Yep. And then he walks up with both. <laughs> you get any pretzels. It was like the most post Malone, post Malone thing ever. And it's like, honestly, I could really probably see him doing that and getting away with it. Because it's Post Malone. Actually, that one, I thought it was okay. The other one that they had with him was the one I liked better, where he's at the bar, and they're trying to give him facial uh, instructions on how to smile or to, no, don't look too happy, or look, look a little less happy. Though That one, his, his facial expressions were a lot funny, I thought, there. Is that something I didn't see as well? Nope, I missed that one. I guess I missed that before the game. I worked mostly up until the end of the first quarter, so I had to go back and watch some of them. I did get to see the Pringles commercial, though. Oh, yeah, that one. Ah, yes. We would be doing a disservice to our Let's Talk if we didn't mention the Rick and Morty Pringle Universe crossover. Pringles robot. We're stuck in a Pringles ad. And I like that he rips off the wall and you just see, like, the Pringles logo because, like, that's what makes up the universe. It's just (laughs) all-encompassed. It was then, very much Rick and Morty. Yeah, and I like that it was even, like, Summer, she's just like, how much do you think they paid them to do this? And then Rick was just like, not a whole lot, and I'm like, I believe that. <laughs> right. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> they did not get paid enough for that, especially because, you know what? I can blame Pringles now for our delay of the rest of our season of Rick and Morty. Hashtag blame Pringles. Hashtag boycott. <laughs> Give me my Rick and Morty. <laughs> So I want to talk about one of my one of my favorites, but for a really dumb reason. And it's only for one moment in the entire commercial. Okay. And it's it's the Reese's commercial. The do you live <laughs> under a rock? Yeah, it's so dumb, right? It's it's completely dumb. So you go through, do you live under a rock? Is your head in the sand? But I love I love that like everyone's like that's insensitive or like how dare you say that you know even though it's like really guys come on but the only reason why this one made like one of my top is the very end where the guy has his head up his ass <laughs> and he's like who looks stupid now like <laughs> and it did it for me because like and he had his coffee held like waist level and I'm just like how would that work. <laughs> How would that work? But just the fact that they were able to put his head up his ass, no one said anything. So Reese's gets gets some brownie points for that one. That was really well done. It was stupid until the very end. You want to talk about the one that was stupid? The Jason Momoa Rocket Mortgage commercial. I hated that one. (laughs) That one made me laugh so hard, actually. I'm laughing at it, but it makes me uncomfortable. 
Yeah, they did it on purpose, though. And it was because, like, you know, everyone knows, like, we're gawking at this beautiful, beautiful man. And he knows he's hot. He knows, like, we all fawn. And it's like, let's mess with them and make me into, like, a skinny, balding, short man. (laughs) And I hated every second of, like, him, like, ripping his skin off. I'm like, why would you do that? (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Well, I don't know. I just I thought it was really awesome because for I mean, and I'm not saying Momoa is this kind of person, but for somebody who usually with the the looks and and you know the amount of people looking at him for his looks, he comes off as someone who can at least step back and make fun of himself, and I, I appreciate that. That's what I was appreciating about the commercial because he was like, you know what. Why not? Let's do it this. And he could have said no to that commercial, and they could have gone with somebody else with a little more humor. But he's a charming, charismatic person, anyways, so it worked. So that's why I liked about it. Yeah, he doesn't take himself seriously, and that commercial no. shows you that. Yeah, and like, I mean, that does make him like more attractive, you know, because he's a good guy. He's got a good head on his shoulders and at himself. But like, it's like the process just like made me really like uneasy. Like watching him just like it was I think it was just like him like removing the stuff. And I'm just like, ah, I didn't I didn't even I care think, that like the bald cap like that one didn't the, I think Nancy was just missing the stuff. No, okay, listen, I'm a woman of substance and I actually very much appreciate <laughs> what's on the inside, but if it's packaged nicely, it's a bonus point, okay? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. How about that Mountain Dew ad, though? Yeah, speaking of uncomfortable, like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just, it was a really uh-huh. kind of unsettling, the Shining ripoff, and I liked it, and it's always good to see Brian Cranston, like, do anything. I so really just, wanted like, to like that one, yeah. <laughs> like... Part it, of me it, feels like it tried too hard, but then the other part of me thinks it didn't try hard enough. It, it was like it gives me yeah, so it's a mixed it's a mixed feelings type of thing. Like Brian Cranston's great in everything he does, even this commercial. Yeah, he but killed the commercial. It's like they just tried a little too hard. I, I yeah, I, I I liked it. I thought it was. I got excited when I first see him. Because I'm like, oh, he's Jack Torrance already, you know, and then you see him as the Grady twins. But the the added part at the end with Mountain Dew coming out of the elevator instead of the blood, I was like, that's just kind of cool that they thought of doing that. That was that was like my favorite part, probably. Right. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. It's just, it's a it's a good ad. It was short, but it's just I. <sighs> see, I, I will know. say though. Like, like the commercial, like I said, they either didn't try hard enough or they tried what? But I am looking at a still image of Brian Cranston peeking through the door saying, it's Mountain Dew. And like, I'm looking at it and it looks pretty spot on to the actual shot in The Shining. So like, I can appreciate that they at least tried to, to hit the scene that they needed to. And like, he's got a good crazed look in his eyes. So he did that really well. Other than that... I don't I don't care too much. But there is one commercial just because I didn't I didn't get to finish my train of thought of things that made me uncomfortable. 
The Doritos mm-hmm. commercial? <laughs> what made you uncomfortable about that? I actually enjoyed it. No, just the mustache. Just the mustache part? <laughs> just the mustache part. For some reason, this poo gave me the heebie-jeebies. Cause like, and like, it looked fake enough, but it was just like the way it did like the little, the little worm on his, on his lip. The rest of the commercial was fantastic. That Speaking part, of actors ooh. who don't take themselves seriously, Sam Elliott. Yep. Yeah that that one had me uh, that one had me roll my eyes. Uh, I'm like <gasps> I'm like this is wait a minute this is <laughs> Wade Garrett from Roadhouse. This is one of the one of the brothers from Tombstone from Big Lebowski. I'm like rock, the dude that rocks the greatest handlebar mustache in history. But I was like. No, Sam, this is not Sam Elliott. No, and yeah, he he, you know, can make fun of himself or yeah, not take himself too seriously. But I was just, I did not want this. No, I did not like this one at all. Yeah, it just came off stupid to me. Yeah, it was a Dorito's commercial. It was. Yeah, they've had is... some good ones in the past. They've had better ones. What was the one from a couple Super Bowls back? The uh, Puppy Monkey Baby. Oh, yeah. Like, no, that so, wasn't Dorito. That was, uh, that was that was a drink. That was Mountain Dew. Was oh, I mean they, they go like hand that. in hand, guys. But Doritos, they've had some good commercials. This one missed the mark, but I'll give them an A for effort because there was a lot of effort. Yes, they, they tried. They tried their best. They tried to be relevant because they got Lil Nas X in there. <laughs> Alright, I've been trying to not bring this one up, but I'm going to. Planters. Uh, I'm all in silence. Going there right now. Hashtag baby nut. <laughs> it's such an uncomfortable <laughs> hashtag. I don't like that. I don't uh, like it at all. Oh, they bring him back and Mr. Kool-Aid has magic tears. Yep. And then it speaks dolphin and just just kidding. I'm back. Where's my monocle? I just <laughs> no. Okay, and here's and you got the Wesley Snipes at the funeral. Yeah, well, they got Wesley Snipes, but they also got the Kool Aid Man and Mister Clean. And you know that those two schedules are usually really booked. And they so... got one of the other insurance ad guys. Oh yeah. In it. <laughs> we need to have the insurance company at a funeral because there's a lot of logistics you got to work out. So I like... get it. Wesley Snipes um, <laughs> gives the eulogy. Well, I mean, yeah, he had to. Mr. Peanut sacrificed himself for Wesley Snipes, so of course he got the honor of giving the That was the thing that's He the... was in his last moments. It's just baby nut. But, okay. Hashtag I... baby nut. It's no baby Yoda, though. And I know that's a debate on the internet right now, and I know that Planters is going hard on this baby peanut merch, but I'm sorry. You can't top Baby Yoda. They're trying, but it's not going to work. No, they probably won't, but Baby Nut. Now we get to see what else becomes a baby. Everything, baby. And speaking of Mr. Clean, how about that Procter & Gamble ad? Okay, so... All of their mascots and Rob Riggle as the the bounty. Oh, that made my heart really happy, though. I'm not going to lie. Um... (laughs) Honestly, the only thing that this commercial did was make me realize how many Procter & Gamble uh, products I actually purchased. Uh-huh. 
because it was all put into one screenshot. Cause I just, you know, I buy head and shoulders. I buy bounty paper towels. I buy Charmin toilet paper. Like the, like a lot of those are like, and I use Febreze religiously. And I'm just like, Oh, so I just <laughs> old spice. I have old spice. I use, I use that. I use head and shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, y'all get a lot of my money. That's the only thing that that, car, that that commercial really proved to me. And now I need to reevaluate. Now I gotta like actually look into the company and make sure they're okay. <laughs> too little too late now, I guess. I hope. <laughs> and there was, what else? Uh, what did y'all think of the, uh, the Walmart commercial? Oh my god, if you With could talk about every... pandering for pandering. Oh man, that Everything... one was was in there star wars bill and ted's it's well well half of bill and ted was in there um it's walmart wasn't gonna get keanu yeah it was keanu is target level thank you keanu is too good for walmart it's, and it's, it's best that you know that <laughs> it's basically walmart saying we have everything if you like pop culture come here but i yep. will say they do get some kudos just because they were able to put in there, and that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Which one? Mars Attacks. Yeah, the yeah. Mars Attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. So that one, that one did get. I was like, oh my god! So it got a reaction out of me. And speaking of oh my god reactions, I want to I want to talk about the Toyota commercial, guys. <laughs> okay. And the and the question I want to pose to you is, and because I was watching the commercial again. When Kobe Smulders in this Toyota picks up a woman in the Arctic running from some type of monster, and as she gets into the car, she she like she's just like oh, like his mouth is gross, and then she's like that's not his mouth. Uh huh. Yep. What? What? What are they trying to say with this commercial, guys? Exactly what you think they were. <laughs> I just why? Well, and then they're... it comes back. Oh, there there was a movie actually with a similar creature character that had teeth in a certain part of a female anatomy. So maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. Yeah, I think this was a big movie reference because you have like your Indiana Jones type looking guy. You have the Chernobyl kind of guy. Yeah. The thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but just the fact that they're like, that's not his mouth. And then it's like, I don't think the, t- the, the new Toyota that they're advertising sent to that type of touching. All right. So I want to talk <laughs> about, in, I want to talk about a company and two different ads that they ran. Cause we only got one of them. Okay. Budweiser. So they're, we saw the Budweiser two- ad and we got the, the Americans, you know, the typical Americans. Which, I don't like that ad. <laughs> I get it, but I didn't like that ad. That's, I didn't like it either. I liked the ad they ran in Canada, though. I actually don't know the ad that they ran in Canada. It's smart devices redoing the What's Up ad. Really? That's what yeah. they got? That's what Canada Canadians. Got. Wait, like, wait that's, that's the one they did for Canada or for us? For Canada. For okay. us, we got the typical Americans where they were talk- showing all the protesters and like 
our Olympics winners and our World Cup winners. I I did not see that one. Uh, I've said this before. I I didn't watch the game. I watched all the commercials afterwards. And that one I saw, though, was the Canadian one, I guess. I didn't know that. Yeah, the Canadian one where it was the smart devices saying, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, that's the Weiser Canada's ad. Yeah. And it was so much better. Canada gets all the good stuff. (laughs) It was so much better than the one we got. And then we got the Coca Cola ad. Okay, me and Scorsese need to have a long discussion. <laughs> Dude is yeah. a multimillionaire and is wearing flat top bifocals when I know he can afford a progressive lens. Like, excuse <laughs> me, Mr. Scorsese. This is the first thing I noticed when the commercial came on. <laughs> I minded to remind you that rich people are often the cheapest. Oh, I know. There's a reason they're rich. But for yeah. the love of God, man. And it's like, I, he can still wear those nice, thick, bold Scorsese frames. Like, those are fine. But I just, I don't need to see that bifocal, man. He's already paying for non That's more expensive than to make it a progressive. Well, because <laughs> at this point, I think he's known for the look. I don't think the bifocals are considered point of the, part of the look. Like, he's making an impact with his eyebrow hiding, eating bold ass frames. And that's fine. I just want the line gone. <laughs> so I may have to try this Coca-Cola energy drink. I'm curious. And it also has uh, Jonah Hill in it, which is also cool. Like, and like the little awkward hug that Scorsese gave Hill was kind of cute. Yeah, because they're friends. They're buddies. Yay! But I, I think I'll give this a try. Marketing piqued my curiosity. So... What are some of the ads you think weren't that good? I was not very well impressed with the uh, Ellen ad. Okay, I have feelings. I have feelings on that one because I don't know if the Thing of Tears know this because I'm pretty sure I've never mentioned it before in our Let's Talk ever. Um, I don't like Amazon. (laughs) And for them to take this dystopian type spin of like oh look at how much we're in your like lives one was absolutely terrifying to me and like also for them to be like what did we do without amazon and it's like i was just fine i still am just fine and yet we talk about amazon shows on our on our let's talk for the last you're the reason for that six months (laughs) you're the reason for that it's the only only reason amazon is in my life because of the shows is the only reason I have it is because of the shows. And again, another sacrifice that I'm making for the last, you're welcome thing of tears. I'm, I'm subjugating my morals for y'all. Hope you're happy. So <laughs> yeah, the Ellen ad was interesting. Was that, was that the one I remember it was about Alexa and whatnot. Did that have the line in there where they're saying like, Oh, they're spying. Oh, we're not spying. Is that what it, right. No, this no, is the that was Ellen the Snickers a, commercial. That was the yeah. Snickers one? Okay. okay. No, this was with Ellen and her wife. I remember that part, yeah. Wife I actually remember that line. She has a name. But it was basically them going through different, like, his well, pieces and, like, things that weren't named Alexa, yeah. but, like, I mean, Alexis, Alexi, all that good stuff. Nancy, I mean, there, fun there fact. was one part that did make me laugh when they were in the time where they had the lady taking, like, oh, can you, you know, turn the temperature down? She, like, throws some hot fire or something like that out the window yeah 
And she pats her arm and you hear screaming in the background. Yeah, that was like the one little chuckle I got from it, but... And actually, Nancy, fun fact. What's a fun fact? Ellen's wife, Portia, is one of the main characters in Arrested Development. Hmm. Nice! She is Michael Bluth's sister. It's a show we should mm-hmm. probably talk about at some point. I think yes, we definitely out watching it all. Definitely so. Because I also very much... I really, really like Jason Bateman, like as a human being and as an actor. And I get more Jason Bateman through Arrested Development. And I all and I already know that there's always money in the stand. So I'm ready. Yes. So other commercials (laughs) that I think missed the mark. I I don't know if I liked the Hyundai commercial. Um with Chris Evans. That was okay. Uh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. And I forget her name. I can't remember her name. Rachel Dratch. And they go, they use Boston accents in the clip to park the car with Smart Park. I didn't know they really all had the the accent. That was a Well, they're all from Massachusetts. And that's kind of like the joke. And then they, I think it's funny that they also excluded Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. But they had Big Poppy. (laughs) But they have big poppy. Um, I think it's cool that the car can do that type of parking. But if you need a car to do that, you probably shouldn't be driving. But that's a different opinion, I guess, because that's not the point of the commercial. Uh, it was okay. They and tried a little too hard. It eh. was an eh. Oh, but speaking of Hyundai, we got another one with my favorite Twitter couple. The only reason I kind of have any idea what's going on with Twitter is uh, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. <laughs> was not a good commercial at all, but they were cute together. It was fun to see those two, just like, because you don't get too much like screen time with both of them together, so it's nice that a company like took that like love and made it marketable. I guess that's a good thing. I guess. <laughs> but they were cute. I didn't care too much about the commercial, though. What about the Pop-Tart ad? I don't care. You know, I think it's just because I've never seen Queer Eye. I did um, not see that one, too. I, but pretzel Pop-Tarts are, like, game-changing. Well, it's oh. supposed to be, like, pretzel with, like, cinnamon sugar on the inside. It's the best combination of, like, salty and sweet. It's like, I'm curious about the product, but I don't care how the commercial was done. I won't go out and actively buy these Pop-Tarts, but if someone has them, I would hope they'd offer it so that way I could try it. Other than that, I don't care. Yeah, I understand. I'll probably try them. I know me. I really do. I definitely know me. I'd probably try them. Ads that made me uncomfortable, though, Google. Uncomfortable how? Yeah. The Google ad? I just, I don't know. It made you feel something? You don't like that? It's not that it made me feel something. It just, <laughs> like... You didn't like that it tried to make you feel something? I don't know how to Like, get these feelings it, away from me. ad just made me uncomfortable. I was just like, this is just... What? See, I knew what Google was trying to do, and unfortunately, they kind of... They did it. Like, I got a little emotional during that commercial, and it made me mad that I got a little emotional. But 
And I think what made me uncomfortable about it the most, I think really what made me uncomfortable about it is that it's Google basically saying, hey, tell us more of your secrets so we have more information about you. Ah, uh, so, so that it's going back to that the... Snickers commercial of, we're not spying on you. That's how they build the clone army. Quit, you know, come on, let them do their thing. No. Big brother, I Skynet. I on Camino. They <laughs> <laughs> do not look like Django Fett. <laughs> The Clone like, Wars, this is not. Judgment Day is inevitable. Did you learn nothing? Come on. Judgment Day is upon us. Yep. All praise Cthulhu and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I liked what they were going for, and I agree with Nancy. It did hit you in the feels, and I was like, okay, smart, really smart marketing play. You know, If you're not going to get me in, in the humor department, get me another way in this, and it did hit. Um, but I agree what you're saying as well. It's like I, I'm against. I don't believe in any of this stuff with the putting an Alexa in your house and whatnot. There's all this stuff lately with the Ring thing, where people are hacking in and watching people on their cameras. And you know, you know, I have a newborn child that I'm not putting any cameras up inside my house for people to be, you know, hacking in to watch. And you worry about that stuff. So I get that too. Yeah, I don't. Like, I like, like, again, like, I liked it because it was like, oh, it's sweet, because you can tell it's like an old man talking about his life, and it's like, you know, people remember for him, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's sweet, but like me, like, I don't tell Google anything more than I need to. The only time I really, I, I use Google a lot, probably as much as anybody, but I use Google mostly to win arguments. That's about it. <laughs> that's the relationship Google and I have had for the longest time, and I don't plan on changing it. Um... They did hit the feels factor. I also, if we're if we're talking about feels factors, um, another ad that really I think took a left field for me was Verizon. Okay. Because they were talking about all of the things that five G can do, and it was, I mean, it was very emotional. It was like, oh yeah, like we're you know like we can help firefighters do this, we can do that, but don't worry, we're not taking what they do away because they we can't do this and we can't make this sacrifice or this choice. And it was very, compared to the T-Mobile commercial, which was also not good. Yeah. And I'm also speaking as I've had both carriers. I left T-Mobile for Verizon. The like, Sabla commercial. Interesting as well. <laughs> I so, yeah. That one was so indifferent to. The hummus? It's just weird. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, okay. That was my attitude towards it. Well, y'all haven't brought up this commercial yet, and I guess because I'm also known as the pro wrestling junkie, I'll bring you the one to bring it up. What about the Michelob Ultra commercial with Jimmy Fallon and John oh, Cena? John. Wait, John Wait, Cena was in that else, commercial? I didn't someone see Someone else him. was in there with Jimmy yeah, Fallon? He, yeah, he was supposed to be in there. Um, you probably didn't see him, but yeah, he was supposed to be in there. Yeah, I didn't see that. Him at all. Was, wow, that's crazy. That one was actually really fun. That one I laughed at. All the <laughs> basically a training montage, and then at the end of it, he's just sitting there. Yeah, I feel great in an ice bucket. It's an ice bath. Thank you. They have mm -hmm. a very specific name, and I don't thinking that. But at the same but time, that one more really looked nice. like a bucket. No, I know, and but they're ice baths, and you submerge yourself in the bucket until you I, like basically reach hypothermia, and then get out. <laughs> I know what it is. 
But I do like that one. I thought it was funny. We had its moments. It was also weird to see John Cena with hair. Even though I didn't see him. But, like, I imagined him with hair and what he might look like, and it was weird. Yeah, you saw him with hair. But did we? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know. What did we see? Okay, so I want to ask your guys' opinion on the Heinz commercial. Okay. And if you watched it multiple times to see the different endings, because you got four commercials in one. No, I did not. Well, not they all get the same ending, kind of, sort of. But, like, the different storylines. So I watched them. <laughs> And it was, uh, they were all weird. And they all just basically, like, took place. Like, one was in, like, a space setting. One was in, like, kind of like a get-out setting. The other one was, like, dystopian. It was weird. But the thing that connected all of them together, and it's basically like, oh, it's a strange place, and, like, we're not sure what's going on. But there's a bottle of ketchup there. And there's a bottle of ketchup in all four scenes. And it, like, I'm like, what? (laughs) What are you doing here? How about the Audi commercial? Which one was the Audi commercial? Let it go. They had Arya Stark freaking singing the song from Frozen. Oh yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. I Disney must have made a lot of money off of that commercial. Yeah. It didn't really do much for me other than Disney may have just made a bunch of money off that commercial. Yeah, but also what this tells me too is that Let It Go is still more popular than anything that came out of Frozen. Yeah. So they're still still milking that original cash cow even though it's been out for a while. What'd you think of the Discover commercial? I thought it was a waste of my time. They didn't really try. All they did was do a clip highlight reel of famous, you know, like or cult, cult classics or, you know, whatever you want to call it, movies of them saying yes and then also them saying no. It's like, okay, I, mean, I, could, have, I could have done that. I mean, they just, I mean, you may as well have called it the Daniel Bryan Discover commercial because that's all they were doing was his yes chant. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, he has the Yes movement in WWE, which was hugely popular about three, four years ago before he got injured. And then, uh, yeah, that, that, like, that whole Yes, Yes, Yes is picked up on anywhere now. Any you know, sporting event you go to, there's Yes chants all because of him. Well, that's a fun... I actually didn't know that. Yeah, you'll hear you'll hear yes chance when things are going right or you know people are hitting you know touchdowns or whatever. Yeah. So, did y'all see the Hulu ad with Tom Brady? Yeah. No, I didn't see that I mean, one. I mean, basically, it was it was basically like, hey, Disney. we do sports, and Tom Brady being like, "I'm not retiring, you assholes," and that's was, that was the commercial. Yeah, it was basically Disney paying Tom Brady with their "I don't care" money. To come in, pitch their product that he doesn't care about, just to make his announcement of "I'm not retiring" during the Super Bowl, so he could be in another Super Bowl. Yeah, they found a way to still get him in there. I'm honestly surprised he wasn't stacked up with his rings. Fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then you had one about the other little video streaming service, the bank robbers. Okay, so I don't know. Its target audience is bank robbers. No, okay, so I actually, I read a little bit about it, and like, just from like the little blurb from the list that we got, and it's supposed to be like 10 minute videos. It's supposed to be like snack sized, quick little things. So I don't, I don't know if this streaming service is going to take off the way that they want it to because it's more extended format than even TikTok now. But like, it's only going to be up to like 10 minutes long. So we should start, start one of those. Well, I mean, I, I have my, I I have my YouTube work. channel. Let's do I it. Have my YouTube channel, and most of my videos are ten minutes. So I need to get on this streaming service. They need content. Here I am. Right. <laughs> we can make some content, Nancy. There you go. Yeah, I guess we can do that. We can do some dumb stuff. Put Out it on the there wild, just to see what happens. I could show the world how you karate kick things. Can you not? And let's say that you did. Thanks, though. <laughs> uh, I want to see this now. Well, maybe privately, but it's not going up. <laughs> maybe it will. I have Check no problem Twitter. sharing it with friends. Don't you dare. <laughs> I know where you live, and I will stab you in your sleep. This and then I will happily do. go to jail this for that. because it's... do. <laughs> Listen, Linda, there is a line. <laughs> we speak to your oh, this is the betrayal. If, if, if this is how you want to betray me, then we already know where this is going to go. So... Death. Woo, embrace. <laughs> All right, so I do want to talk about one more ad for sure, and that's Little Caesars. Yes, fucking change of the game, man. Literally the best thing since sliced bread. They knew what they were doing. Little Caesars has delivery. Who better than Rain I... Wilson to show us that? Oh my god, just the fact that they had him. And like, I like seeing the plight. Of his career because Caesar. They told such a good story too. Like this commercial was probably one of my favorites. Just because like you get to see, like, this is the best thing since sliced bread, and then like stocks are going down, and you see pet bread, glitter bread, and he's just like, no, no, no. And then at the end he ends up delivering the pizza. <laughs> yep. And it was great. Oh, the plight of corporate America. Little Caesars went there. Hell yeah. I can't wait for them to start delivering to you my new box. Yeah, especially when they open. Right. They're not there yet, but that's fine. I'm not in a position to be buying Little Caesars. Rip. The feels when you can't even buy Little Caesars. <laughs> I, I think this one actually was probably the most like memorable one for me that I really enjoyed up there almost with the Bill Murray Jeep commercial. And it was mainly, of course, because of Rain Wilson's performance in this commercial, because he just was, I mean, it's hard not to go to hard for me not to look at him and thank Dwight from office, but he was screaming that, you know, a lot of characteristics uh, from that character in this. So that's what made it enjoyable for me. <laughs> which, which, yeah, I mean, you saw him do that a lot as the, the, the Dwight character, so that's what I liked about it, yeah. The Cheetos commercial is pretty good. 
Right. Didn't you get your box from him? <laughs> yeah, slow burn. <laughs> well, on that note, I guess we're going to jump over to our next thing. Hey, Nancy, did you know that you can reach out to us anytime on our Facebook page? Wait, you mean like anytime? Like even at like three in the morning when I'm eating an entire pint of ice cream? They can reach out. Doesn't mean we're going to answer at an odd hour like that, but we do our best to get back to everybody. And for those of y'all wondering, if you just search us up, it's facebook.com slash pod thing. Be able to go ahead and give us a like over there and get notified when we get new episodes up and running or why there's delays. Also, you can always subscribe at anchor.fm forward slash a thing pod. And from there, you can get subscribed on your favorite social media platform out there for podcasts. And we're back. So Miss Nancy dropped out on us. She had things to do. That's all right. Mr. Junkie's still with me here. And we're going to actually talk about something he got to do over the last couple of weekends. He got to go experience WWE's Royal Rumble live at Minute Maid Park. So I wanted to ask him about his experiences. And he was gracious enough to stick around so that we could talk about it. So, Mr. Junkie. Yes. Let's talk a little bit here about this. So, the Royal Rumble. How was it? Just in general, before we get into talking about any of the specific matches, which we're just going to talk about, I think, like, four matches. That's what we said we were going to talk about for this. But overall, I just want to know about your experience for it. How was it going out there for it? It was awesome getting to go to see it live and in person. If anyone listening has ever you know, been on the fence about going to a live wrestling show. I've been to uh, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, so I've been to the TV shows, I've been to a couple other pay-per-views like uh, WrestleMania, which I highly recommend going to as well. You can't get to a WrestleMania because it's not in your city, but the Royal Rumble comes to your city, you need to go, because the atmosphere was amazing, you have lots of surprises uh, throughout the Rumble matches, and nowadays we have a men's and a women's rumble match. So you get two rumble matches for the price of one when you go to the show now. And all around, it's just, you know, the atmosphere is incredible because you have fans that go specifically to the rumble every year from all over the world. It's almost as crazy as it is with WrestleMania where you have people coming from all countries around the world. And it just, it's, yeah, the atmosphere is unlike any other uh, regular you know, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown show, anything like that. So I had a blast, and it was a wide variety of uh, surprise moments, shocking moments and whatnot. So, yeah, all around I had a good, good, very good time. Okay. So you had mentioned that there's people who go there just to go to the Royal Rumble. So is this kind of like you were saying it was, you know, they could do that. There's some people who do it for WrestleMania. Would you say that this one, it's something that's definitely worth traveling to? So they're doing it every year. Would you say this is one of their bigger international pull events? Yes, because this is a unique pay-per-view because you have the Royal Rumble match, which is a very unique match. It's been probably one of their most popular matches ever since they first started doing the Royal Rumble back in 1988. And it's where you have 30 participants to start every minute or two minutes, another person comes out. And after all 30 have come into the ring, 
the last person that is still in the ring, the way you eliminate people is you throw them over the top rope, both feet touch the ground, and the last person that's still in the ring, that's the winner. And if you win the Rumble match for the men's or the women's, you get a title shot at WrestleMania, so you get a chance to challenge for uh, the WWE title, the Universal title, or if you're a female, you get a shot at the SmackDown of the Raw women's uh, title. So it's a very unique match and great opportunity to get into that WrestleMania spotlight. So before we jump into matches, I actually do have a question for you. Do you think they'll ever have, like, they have the, you know, the men's, basically the belts, the WWE title and the Universal Champion. Um, they're, you know, the right. big belts on that. But they, yeah. those two bounce between the brands, correct? Uh, well, they're now ones on one brand, ones on the other. So you have on Raw, you have the uh, WWE title. On SmackDown, you have the Universal title. Those are exclusive of those brands. Now. Okay. Never mind that. I was saying, would the women ever have something like, like that where it was one universal brand like belt to be a champion over all of it, but if they split the belts back up on there? Well, they, so, they used to have that. They did, and then they did the brand split again uh, not too long ago, especially when they were going to be doing the new deal where they're on Fox now. Uh, so they're totally now you have one brand on uh, Raw, one on SmackDown. So you have your main champion and your women's champion on each show. And then you still have tag title belts on both shows as well. So each show has their own tag champions. And then you don't have any crossover as in like you don't have somebody from Raw fighting somebody from SmackDown except at uh, Survivor Series and WrestleMania. But you also have to look at Royal Rumble because that's your chance to see people from Raw and SmackDown fighting each other that you don't normally see every week because, again, they're on different shows. So that's another appeal to seeing the Rumble. Gotcha. So I guess let's, let's jump into talking about a couple of these matches here. So the first one we wanted to talk about was going to be the Women's Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. As you had explained, I guess they draw lots to see who enters where. In the match. Sorry, I'm dropping the audio there. Oh, no problem. So you had said that they... There we go. Basically, they draw lots to see who's going to enter the match at what position. Yeah, I mean, something I miss about uh, older days of wrestling is they would do like a... They'd have one of those uh, like bingo hall tumblers with the little balls, almost like what the lottery would be back in the day. And you'd see somebody on, like, say, Raw or even before the Rumble match, like, throughout the pay-per-view leading up to the match, you'd see wrestlers go backstage and they'd spin the tumbler and pull out a little ball and it'll say what number you are on in the Rumble. Uh, but, yeah, they pre-set up everything so you know, uh, okay, number one and number two are going to come out first. And then the remaining 28 people that are coming into the match, the audience doesn't know who's got what number unless they did some sort of stipulation match. Sometimes they would do that on Raw where they'll say, okay, these two people get to fight and whoever wins, you get number 30 because you go in last, you're the you know, freshest person in the match. You have a better chance of winning if you're the last person in. So, But otherwise, all entrants after one and two are a complete surprise and that's what also makes the match so amazing because you don't know at any time who's coming in, whether it's somebody that's already on the roster and you just don't know what number they have or it could be somebody from the other show from SmackDown or Raw or NXT. Yeah, or you can get a legend is... or somebody else that's come back from injury or something or that's been out of you know, out of uh, wrestling for a while. You never know. So how long is it between people coming into the ring? Uh, generally, it's 
it's usually uh, a minute. Sometimes they'll do two minutes. It depends on the <laughs> it depends on the show. Uh, every year they change it, and I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, but I've I've sat in the audience, and I've also just sat at home with a with a stopwatch, and it really depends on what they have set up to do uh, between people coming into the ring because there'll be times where somebody's entrant hits and they make their way to the ring and they're barely getting in the ring and all of a sudden you got the countdown 10 9 8 7 and you're like wait a minute somebody else is coming out already like they'll they, they really don't stick to it a lot where they make sure it's every two minutes every three minutes whatever okay so yeah. they kind of it's inconsistent but it's supposed to be a certain time yeah it's supposed to be so how would you rate the women's rumble match there's I, a bunch of names here, so I'm not going to uh, go through every single one of them. Mm-hmm. But if there's any highlights you'd like to talk about of it by chance, that's that'd be great. I really enjoyed the Rumble up until the very end, just because I didn't care for who won. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. But uh, you had all the women from Raw and SmackDown, uh, from Sonya Deville to... Mandy, you had well everyone. I'm not going to name all of the names, but uh, some key moments in the match. Uh, you got to see a couple of legends come back uh, for the show, which was uh, Molly Holly and uh, Beth Phoenix, and they looked they they both looked amazing. These are two women that really could wrestle. They weren't they were part of the diva era of uh, WWE during the mid to late 2000s, but people consider the diva era just the models that wanted to try to wrestle, but these two could actually really kick some ass. And uh, I was glad to see them. Beth Phoenix now, you want to talk about being a tough woman. Uh, she comes into the ring, I want to say she came in around number 18 or 19, I think. And she gets in the ring, and at one point she's in the corner, and she's uh, raised up onto the turnbuckle, and she falls backwards against the turnbuckle post that's on the outside there. And she smacked the back of her head on the LED part of those turnbuckle posts. And all of a sudden, you just see red building up on the back of her hair. She's got golden blonde hair. And so red shows up really bad. It's blood. She's bleeding bad. And Oof. you can't see it from the uh, on TV, but I was there live, and I could see at one point they have her laying on the side of the of the uh, apron, still inside the ring. She's still in the match. And you see the uh, referees coming over with the gloves on their hands and towels, and they're trying to soak up the blood and, and stop the bleeding. And they do manage to, but the whole back of her head is, like, covered in just blood. It's, it's crazy. Uh, and only reason now, like, normally if that happens, you know, that, that wasn't intentional. She wasn't supposed to bleed. It was just an accident. Um, but the only reason she wasn't just immediately throwing over the ropes to get rid of her is because she still had a part to play at the end of the rumble match. So she had to stick in, you know, stick around or I'm sure they gave her the option say, Hey, you, you know, you're bleeding, you're you know, beat up. You can, we can work something else. And she was probably like, hell no, I'm not leaving. I'm, I got this. So props to her for continuing on. Um, another really memorable moment for me was there's a storyline going on right now on SmackDown with uh, Mandy Rose, who is this, very attractive, uh, blonde, golden-haired goddess is what they call her. And they have a storyline going on right now with a tag team called Heavy Machinery. And one of the members of Heavy Machinery, his name is Otis. The guy is like a 400-pound, 
very huge guy, but sweet, lovable type. And he thinks Mandy is gorgeous, which everyone does, of course. And uh, he keeps flirting with her. And the last few weeks prior to the Rumble, they've had moments where she's having a match. And he inadvertently has caused some kind of distraction to where she's able to get a win. He's not purposely causing the distraction. It just happens. And so he's helping her without mm-hmm. actually doing it. So he's still a babyface. He's still a good guy. But she's actually a heel somewhat. And okay. at the Rumble... Uh, Mandy gets thrown over the top rope, and if you land on the floor, both feet the floor, you're out. Uh, they had the camera on the other side of the ring away from her, and when we get the camera back around to the side where she gets eliminated, and she got eliminated on the side of the ring that I was sitting on, so I could see this happen as it happened, Otis was hiding underneath the ring, and he rolled out from underneath the ring, and she ends up landing flat on him, laying across his body, like, that's what saved her from being eliminated. And oh, wow. she just does a squat stand up and just stands up on him looking down all happy and sexy and all. And he's just looking at her like, oh, yeah, I saved you. Like, Haha. and then she gets back in the ring and keeps on fighting. Oh, wow. OK, <laughs> yeah, that was a good there's there's moments like that in the Rumble with some people where uh, you'll have close calls where somebody will get thrown out. But maybe one foot will touch and they're kind of hanging on by a, you know, one hand or they may get like Naomi. Uh, she got thrown, she was on the ring apron outside, she had gone over the top rope, she's standing on the outside on the apron, I forget who, who did it, but somebody kicks her, and she goes flying into the barricade, the, the barrier that the audience sit right behind, and she lands on the barrier without her feet touching the ground, but she landed to where, she kind of did like a Spider-Man grab, where she landed on the side of it, she's got her hands on top of the barrier, and her feet are just pressed up against the wall, I kid you not, maybe an inch or two from the ground. So she barely hit the spot she needed to hit. She manages to push herself up on top of the barrier, does a tightrope walk across it over to the announce tables, picks up the flat panel that's on top of the announce table, lays it from the table to the ring steps, and then walks across that to get back onto the ring steps and then back in the ring. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's smart. And you'll you'll see moments like that in both men's and women's rumble sometimes where someone will try a creative way of they almost got eliminated but they got back in something like that yeah that's clever though yeah so what didn't you like about this match so the big rumors and rumors you have to take with a grain of salt is uh, the big rumors that were uh, humbling around the uh, the weeks leading into the rumble was that Ronda Rousey might make an appearance. We haven't seen Ronda since last year's WrestleMania. And uh, she still is under contract with WWE, but they haven't done anything with her in in the show. Uh, she was on almost total, a year now. Almost, yeah. And uh, they, they had her on that Total Divas show, so that's you know, where she's done some stuff. But um, there was rumors that she might show up and be, like, number 30. And... Uh, then if that's the case, then she would challenge uh, Becky for the title at WrestleMania. That would be a great rematch. Um, but, it, but she didn't show up. I got super happy at number 30 because the person that showed up was a surprise. It was uh, former two-time NXT women's champ Shayna Baszler, and she came out at number 30. Okay. All the people around me are going nuts when her music hit because we're thinking, okay, she's winning. She right. is winning this uh, she is a 
uh, actually, she's a legit challenger, believable challenger that you could have a great match and great promos uh, because she's good at wrestling and talking. So I was excited for that. But what I didn't like is uh, Charlotte Flair. I believe she came in. I want to say around number 15 or so, maybe 14, I think is her number. But she came into the match, and at some point she got thrown out of the ring. She didn't go over the top rope, though. She got thrown through the ropes. And for a while, like a good, I want to say 15 minutes, she's just laid outside the ring. Then she comes back in when it's like down to like the final three or four people left. And she ends up getting to be the final two against Baszler. And mm-hmm. the crowd is going nuts. And the crowd is chanting for Baszler to win. And, of course, Baszler gets eliminated. And Charlotte wins the match. Oof. And okay. it, it, to me, being in the arena, I don't know how it sounded on TV or on the network if you're watching on a you know, device. But to me, it really did let the air out of the room. It just seemed like people were like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, they're going with Charlotte. And the reason for this, for anyone that hasn't been watching wrestling lately, is that Charlotte's kind of been pushed down our throats a lot uh, to where she's been in the company for about five years on the main roster, and she's won the women's title like ten times. And I can't think of one like amazing title reign that she had of those ten. Like usually you can say like, oh, that that third right, that third time she won the belt, she held it for this long, had these matches and these feuds. Most of these times she won the belt, she lost it a week or two later, and it's just like, oh, okay, the, those that amount of title wins means nothing to me. Hmm. It's like it's just watered down. So, so that was the that was the big disappointment for me was the, the uh, choice to have uh, Charlotte win. The end of the women's rumble. Yeah, that yeah. seems like that would be pretty, pretty let downy. So I guess we'll move on over to the next match we'll talk about here, which was the. We're going to talk about the strap match for the Universal Championship with Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. So, are you familiar with what a strap match is? I am not. Okay. So. There's one way that it's usually been, and there's been different styles of these. There's been uh, they've been called Caribbean strap match. They've been called something else depending on who participates. Basically, there's been a, a leather bull rope match as well. It's the same thing. It's just again depends on who's participating. They call it something to kind of gel with whoever's in the match. But a strap match means you take a leather strap, usually about 20 feet long or so, and you wrap it around the wrist of each uh, participant, one wrist. And the standard rules of a strap match are you fight, you just beat the hell out of each other. And then what you have to do is the referee keeps track. You have to touch all four corners of the ring, like Mm -hmm. touch the turnbuckle pad on the top, whatever, uh, touch all four in, in in order in a row without being interrupted. So if I can walk around the ring and touch all four, I win. That's how the match used to end. Okay. If if I get down to the third one and then all of a sudden my opponent punches me, then it doesn't count. I got to start all over. So it's not pinfall, not submission. It's only by touching the turnbuckle pad. So it's a different way of winning a match 
than you're used to seeing, which is great. We don't get these kind of matches very often. Strap matches, I, I can't remember the last one except maybe back in like 96 when there was Stone Cold against Savio Vega. That's a good throwback for anyone listening. <laughs> okay. Um, but they changed it. Instead, they said, no, it's going to be pinfall or submission only. It's like, then why do we have this strap? What's the point? And they say on the announcers, oh, this is so no one can run away. Well, Daniel Bryan doesn't want to run, run away. He, he's the one that wanted this match. He wanted that stipulation. And the Fiend, who does the Fiend run from? No one. No one. He's the Fiend. He's like Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, had a baby, okay? He's not... You don't run. <laughs> so, yeah, the match was just... Uh, to me, I'm like, okay, just call it a hardcore, no-DQ match. And at the same time, they get to use a strap if they want to. But, yeah, it didn't make sense to have this as the stipulation, but... Uh yeah. <laughs> so how was the how was the match though? The match was good because you had Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan. They're both great wrestlers. And the first of all though, the, the amazing thing that they changed about this match compared to the other uh, few fiend matches we've had, we did not have a red light during the match. All the other matches that the fiend has had from uh before they black out the arena and just have red lighting on the ring. And we didn't have that. It was just a normal bright light room, just like all the other matches. So that was nice. Was there maybe, was there a story reason for that? Did they, they explain it or? Not at all. Nothing at all was talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But the match was good. And they, you know, they laid into each other a lot. Brian is wearing just wrestling trunks the Fiend is pretty much covered from head to toe in his, you know, wrestling gear. So only Brian has, like, a lot of exposed skin, especially his back. And at the end of the match, you see all the welts on his back from being hit with the strap. Ooh. Uh, so they really laid into each other. Wow. Yeah. But it, it was a good match. I really did think at one point there was a possibility that Brian was going to get the win, but it was just a good way of making you feel like, oh my gosh, and oh, okay, we saw this coming. And the Fiend got the win by applying the Mandible Claw to Brian and then just pushing him down to the mat and holding him down for a three count. And it was fine. I didn't want the Fiend to lose anyways, but I, it's still a good match, though. So is this better than the first Fiend, ma- than, the, than the Fiend match where they made him unstoppable? This was way better than the, the ones they had with him against Seth Rollins, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Hell in a Cell one, and even the, uh, was that a False Count Anywhere one, I guess, at the Saudi show, the Super Showdown? Yeah, something like that. Okay. So definitely, I may have to go back and watch this, was, this one. This was the best match that the, the Fiend has had. Bray Wyatt has had other great matches. He's even had great matches against Dan O'Brien back in the day when it was different characters, but this was the best Fiend match, yes. Okay, is the Fiend still one of the better characters going right now in WWE? You think? Oh, easily, yeah. That they this is like their best character they've they've created or put together in the last at least ten years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I may have to take a look at that one. I may have to take a look at that one. So the next one I want to talk about is the women's champion, is the Raw Women's Championship match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Lynch and Asuka. So what did you think of this one? Because like I said, I haven't seen any of these. So This one I was looking forward to no matter what. 
because I'm a big fan of both. Uh, Asuka's one of my all-time favorites. She's just awesome. I loved her in NXT, and I was not happy with the way they've uh, booked her ever since she came up to the main roster. She was an undefeated champion for over two years or so, and she never lost the NXT title. She forfeited the title and then went to the roster, and then she barely got to be there, I don't know, eight, nine months, and then they had her lose. It, it was not good. Um, they had her lose to Charlotte at WrestleMania after she was the women's, uh, after she won the first ever women's Royal Rumble. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah, that was like, uh Yeah, she should have won at WrestleMania uh, the, two years ago. But uh, this match, it was it was good, but it was to me a Monday Night Raw match. There wasn't, it didn't feel like a pay per view caliber match, but it was still good because you had two great talents in there. And I was really hoping there was a possibility that Oscar was going to get the win because I want Oscar to be a more than just a one-time women's champ. She's only held the belt one time so far, uh, but she is a current tag champion, so that's there's that at least. Right. Now I've seen some of her matches with the tag team at least, mm-hmm. and I've seen Becky Becky wrestle, so I know they're both actually really good at what they can do. So I, this yeah. may be the one here. It looks like Becky retained her title. Yeah, but it, it kind of came out of nowhere, if I remember correctly. It was almost like uh, just out of the blue, she puts her in the uh, disarmor, I believe, and then that, and then she makes her tap. And I was like, why is Asuka tapping out again? This doesn't make sense at all. As- Asuka in NXT would pass out before ever uh, tapping or letting herself you know, submit to someone's you know, finisher or submission. Hmm. But yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll move on to, I guess, what this is really known for in this match, the Men's Royal Rumble. Yes. Because apparently, this one had a bunch going on with it. So Brock yeah. Lesnar was the first one who came in, and number two was Elias. Uh-huh. And he said, Houston, we have a problem, which is the most overused line in Houston history. Oh, yeah. Did the arena audibly groan when he said that? There was some few. Yeah, there was a few there. Were you one of them? Probably. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I would probably. have too, because that, that makes me groan every time I see it. Yeah. So tell me your thoughts. What tell me some things you liked and didn't like about the Royal Rumble here, about the men's rumble. Okay, so this match was uh there was a lot of interesting things about it going into the match itself because we knew ahead of time he they announced it a couple weeks ago before the show uh that Brock was going to enter the Rumble at number 1 and it made no sense at first because Brock is the WWE champion the WWE champion has no reason to be in the Rumble match considering the winner of that match gets a title shot at either the WWE or the Universal Champ whoever they are and it would have made more sense if he said, okay, I'm going to enter the Rumble and put my title on the line because we have had that happen. Roman Reigns had to put the, the WWE title <clears throat> excuse me, on the line one year, and he lost, he lost his title that way, Triple H won, which was bizarre. But uh, that would have been at least interesting uh, to add to it, saying, like, okay, I'm the baddest guy. I'm going to you know, not only be number one, but I'm going to put my belt on the line and then – Everyone kind of would assume, okay, obviously Lesnar's just going to win the Rumble. But we actually got two 
different rumbles, in my opinion. Because the first half of the rumble was one type of match, and then the second half was a completely different match. So, uh, and I did this, I, I, I went over this in my uh, spoiler results and recap show, where I did the full recap on the show, and I, I joked about how, okay, I'm going to review the women's rumble, and there's so much happening, so I can't tell you exactly uh, who eliminated who in what order, because there's so many different eliminations. Mm-hmm. For the men's, that's pretty simple, because Lesnar eliminated pretty much half the rumble before he got eliminated. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was real easy because I was like, I only have to keep track of about 15 other people compared to 30. So, okay, this is going to be kind of easy to recap later. Uh, because, yeah, Lesnar comes out and he eliminates like the first like six, ten. No, it was like ten people in a row he eliminates. And it's all like pretty much one-on-one. A couple times there was a two or three-on-one. But, it, again, he just he's elim- eliminating everybody. Um, and then we finally get... Uh, Kofi Kingston comes in, and a couple other people. Finally, we get a few people in there, but then we get Drew McIntyre at uh, I want to say around number fifteen or sixteen, something like that. And he's the one that manages to hit a Claymore kick. It's like a running uh, front drop kick style move, where he just a running boot to the face that he jumps in the air and delivers. And this guy's like six foot seven, six foot six, big dude, jacked. Uh, and he does that move to Lesnar right over the top rope. It looked, looked awesome. And that was the first of this match. That was the first moment where the crowd just went berserk because they were so happy that Lesnar got eliminated. <laughs> it was like Ricochet, it says, had a little bit to do with that too. Oh, yeah. Ricochet had some uh, ball shots because you got to have some ball shots at some point if you're dealing with Lesnar. Either he's hitting someone in the balls or he's getting kicked in the balls. Right. And yeah. Ricochet. The fast little superhero guy, so I'm sure it was him. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I'm sitting in the audience and I'm listening as Lesnar's eliminating these first ten or twelve people. Every time he does it, you start hearing the boos. There were multiple CM Punk chants because that's still a thing, even though CM Punk's been on Fox Sports One on the backstage show. Uh, that's still a thing. That if you're not happy about something, start chanting CM Punk. Right. And then the other thing was people started chanting, we want refunds, we want refunds. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I was like, huh, I wonder if Lesnar was going to be in there longer. And they called an audible real quick saying, we got to get him out of there, get him out of there. <laughs> right. People are pissed, get him out. Yeah. So after uh, Lesnar is eliminated, we're like, a, again, like probably around number 16 or 15 on the people coming out. So you still got half the. Uh, entrance to come out and the whole rest of the the rumble was a totally different rumble it was a different uh it was it was more like your standard rumbles where you had at least four or five guys in the ring at one time another person would come in and you'd see somebody fighting somebody in this corner three people fighting each other this corner you had multiple things happening but before that you just had lesnar just standing in the ring waiting for someone else and being like okay out you go out you go yeah, but and then see, but that doesn't seem like something I'd want to watch. Lesnar just standing there, just basically belly tossing people out of the ring. No. I'm like fun. So that second half of the rumble seems like it'd be interesting. And apparently there was a big surprise during the men's rumble. Yes, there was a huge surprise. Uh, so <laughs> number uh, twenty-two, I believe, uh, coming out, and uh, <laughs> it was perfectly timed because. You have certain numbers that people will remember, like, okay, number 27 is a entrant number. 
that has had more people win the Rumble usually, I believe. You, everyone knows who entered number one and two in a lot of Rumbles. Everyone knows who entered number 30 in a lot of Rumbles. So all the other numbers, you know, sometimes you might be able to remember somebody that had a number, whatever. But uh, number 21 or 22, you don't think anything's going to be like, you know, wow or special. And we get to every, I love the part, of course, where you're waiting for the next number to happen and you get the timer pop up on the screen. You get 10, 9, the whole crowd chants that. Mm-hmm. And it gets down to where 10, 9, 8, 3, you know, 3, 2, 1, you hear the buzzer and there's like a, a two second pause and you're just waiting for the music to hit of whoever it is. And all of a sudden we hear, you think you know me. And it's Edge making his wrestling return in nine years. Somebody who's been out of action, had retired, had been forced to retire due to uh, neck injuries, was told if you take one more bump, you could be paralyzed. And there was strong rumblings that Edge might be coming back. There had been pictures posted on on, uh, social media showing like a picture of Edge sitting, which looked like a hotel desk in a hotel room, looking down at a suitcase filled with his wrestling gear, but that actually was an older picture, but people were still getting like, oh, maybe he's going to come back. Maybe he will. And there's been other red herrings before that didn't you know, pan out, but his music hit and the place blew up. I, I swear this is the biggest pop I've ever been in an arena listening to. Uh, people around me are jumping out of their seats. I jumped out of my seat. I'm screaming. People in front of me, there's a couple of guys that were sitting together. They're literally like wringing each other's necks from excitement, shaking each other, going like, I don't effing believe this. And Edge comes out, does his pyro. Pyro shoots off like no, like no one else did that night. The pyro was amazing. And gets in the ring, and every time he hits a spear, the crowd's just in awe because I couldn't believe he came back. I didn't see him ever coming back. Yeah, I, I saw there was a big Twitter reaction to that. A lot of people on Twitter were freaking out that he was there and that it was a hu- good surprise for them to see him. Yeah. And so it's always well, nice to see a fandom embraced when someone comes back, especially someone as popular as the rated R superstar. I, I recommend if, you, if, uh, if anybody out there has not watched the Rumble, that's a reason to watch it, obviously. But just uh, watch his entrance. And watch the reaction that, you know, the, the audience, whenever they, you hear his music hit. And just watch Edge walking out, and you can see it, it definitely hit him hard. You can see in his face. He's trying to stay focused on what he's doing there. It's his first time getting in the ring since 2010. But you can tell he's a little taken back by, like, holy shit. Like, wow, these people are going nuts for me. And he's feeling it. It's probably the biggest rush in his life. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah, he makes his return, and the crowd just embraces it. Yeah. So and 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 I'm sorry to say this, but the dude hasn't lost a beat. I mean, he hasn't wrestled in in almost ten years, and uh, he walks out. He's got a, a a little bit of a beard. He's got some gray in there. So yeah, he's older, of course, but the dude was in phenomenal shape. And as soon as he got in that ring, it was like, okay, we're back in 2010. He's still kicking ass just like he did back then, and he was amazing. So, I guess I'll ask then, so with the, how did your favorite wrestler do with the, in the, um, in the Rumble, Mr. Randy Orton? 
<laughs> I know he's a personal favorite of yours that you love every single promo he's in and every time he's in the ring. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, hashtag blame Wharton. Oh. Uh, what did he, when, let's see, he, well, he was in there before Edge came out, so he came out around, like, number 17 or 18, something like that, and, uh, Edge and Orton were paired up briefly in, like, 2006 and seven somewhere in that area, uh, to be a tag team, and, uh, they were called Rated RKO. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, to me, it was, like, okay, another attempt to get Orton over put him with Edge, and I'm like, don't. Just let Edge do his own thing. Edge used to be a tag team partner. Now he's a singles guy. Leave him alone. But uh, Orton was just there. Um, he was in there at like the last, I think the last four people. Yeah, because we got down to Edge, Orton, Roman Reigns, and Drew McIntyre. And, of course, Roman Reigns was in the And Edge and Orton were a tag team, so at first you get this like, hey, Let's partner up. We'll get these guys, and then you know we'll fight later. And uh, at first, you see a little bit of where uh, Orton is standing behind Edge. Edge kind of turns around real quick, and it seemed like Orton was going to do like an RKO to him. And Edge is like, "What are you doing?" And he's Orton just goes shrugs it like, "Oh, you know, no, 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 no. We'll we'll partner up and get these guys." But then Edge is the one that throws out Orton, so I pop big time for that. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So. I know Samoa Joe was in the match. I actually got to listen to him on our local ESPN station. He did a, a, a spot with them, just talking okay. about it, trying to pump it up. So, what do you think of him as a wrestler? If he came in, it looks like at number 29, and then after him, it was Seth Rollins who came in last. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Samoa Joe. Uh, I've liked him ever since I first uh, knew about him in TNA. Um, I know he's been wrestling even longer than that. He's been wrestling since like 2000, maybe even earlier. But the earliest I heard of him was, like I said, like TNA was when I really knew who he was. But prior to his TNA run, he was in Ring of Honor, and they he had some amazing matches from what I've been told. I've never gotten to see them uh, with uh, CM Punk back when he was in Ring of Honor. This is all pre-WWE stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a guy his size... He's super agile. Uh, he can do things that somebody, you know, half his weight and everything should be doing. Not him, but he can. He can get do groundwork, mat work, uh, fly off the top rope, all kinds of stuff. Um, and it's funny to me because everyone always associates, uh, okay, his gimmick name Samoa Joe, and he is Samoan. And mm-hmm. everyone that knows about like The Rock. And the Usos, Jimmy Snuka, uh, Yokozuna, the Head Shrinkers, Rikishi—these are all uh, Samoan wrestlers. All those other ones I mentioned—they're all related in some way with their uh, tribe and connection, bloodline, or whatnot. Samojo is actually not related to any of them. It's just a funny—I uh, don't know—a little bit of trivia there. How he's not connected to, to that bloodline in any way. <laughs> so he's not connected to the Rock in any way. Not by blood, no. Interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> but I like I like Samojo. I think he's he's an awesome heel. He's great on the mic, and great wrestler all around. I I know it's you know he's probably a little later in his career than you know some promoter might be willing to you know push him as a main star. But 
I think that's somebody they could be using as your great heel champion, main heel champion, or chasing the the baby face that's got the title and eventually winning it, of course. But uh, for some reason, he has not had any title runs yet in, uh, not the main title, at least in uh, WWE yet. But I think he should have already had those. Okay. So what did you think of the ending of the men's rumble? <laughs> the ending had a lot of people nervous. Uh, so okay. in the last, I don't know, what is it, five years, it seems like every rumble has come down to having somebody else and Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, it's, no. It seems like it's always Roman at the end here. He's always in like the last final four or final three. And then it seems like he's been like the final two almost every in the last few years. Uh, at least it feels like it to me, but I could be missing one. But uh, the last three came down to Edge, Drew McIntyre, and Roman Reigns. And everyone's kind of going like, oh my God, is Edge going to come back from retirement, from injury, win the freaking Rumble, and actually go on to challenge Lesnar uh, and win the title at Mania? That'd be the most amazing comeback in, in history. But wait, there's still Roman Reigns over there. <laughs> And there's a chance that Drew McIntyre is just here to hang out until, you know, Roman wants to throw him out. So it gets down to uh, Roman and Edge are on the turnbuckle outside or on the uh, apron outside the uh, ring. They've both been over the top rope, but they're standing outside on the apron. And uh, Drew ends up hitting the Claymore, I believe, on Edge and knocking Edge off. So you come down to, oh, no, 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 wait, was it? Was it Roman? No, I think Roman eliminated Edge. That's right. Yeah, because you wouldn't want uh, McIntyre to get any heat because you want to push him as a babyface. Uh, so Roman eliminated Edge, I believe, if I remember right. But either way, it came down to Roman and McIntyre. And already, I'm hearing people that I'm sitting near, All everyone in my section is already going like, oh, God, it's down to these two. Come on, Drew. Please, please. No, 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 no. Uh, they're just, they just don't want Roman to win. And that's where I was, like, thinking, like, why do you put your... Okay, Vince McMahon wants Roman Reigns to be his company man, the face of his company. But if this is the reaction you're getting where people are going, like, okay, anyone but him to win, are you sure you got the right guy for your face of the company? It just doesn't make sense to me. But thankfully, in the end, Drew is able to eliminate... Uh, Roman and Drew wins the Rumble match, and the place went crazy. So, we've talked about the whole Roman Reigns thing before. Uh-huh. Um, and how the fans don't like him, and the reason for that being that WWE is just pushing him too much. Has that? Do you think that will ever change? Where the fans will embrace him? Yeah, do you think that there's something that WWE can do for the fans to like embrace Roman Reigns? Well, the two things that they could do, number one, turn him heel. If you turn him heel and embrace the booing, that would work for him. Somewhat. Okay. I'll give you an example. 1996, fall of 96 at the Survivor Series, we get a brand new debut at the Survivor Series. This brand new wrestler named Rocky Maivia, aka later known as The Rock. Mm-hmm. But he, he comes in as Rocky Maivia. He's this clean cut babyface. Uh, 
he's got you know the baby face smile coming out, all happy go lucky, and within a couple months you have Die Rocky Die as the chant that they would chant when he was in the ring, because they like they didn't like anything about this guy. And this is when Stone Cold Steve Austin is starting to get some momentum. He's starting to become the against the against the authority kind of character, mm-hmm. and so you start getting the fans where they're like. I don't have to like who you tell me to like. I'm going to like who I want to like. Mm-hmm. And that's where that started there, was in, in the mid-90s. Because you even had, on WCW, you had Hollywood Hulk Hogan, who was supposed to be a heel. But some people liked Hollywood Hulk Hogan more than they did when he was the red and yellow babyface before that. They liked the more edgier character. So you had this clean-cut babyface that they're booing big time, and nobody wanted anything to do with they put The Rock in a comp- in a uh, stable called the Nation of Domination, which was kind of like a black militant group, Black Panther style uh, ripoff. And they started having him cut promos where, well, just embrace it. If, if they don't like me, okay, I don't care. Like me or not, whatever. And it turned him heel, but at the same time, it was like, hey, they're booing me anyways. Let me work it and get more heat and more heat. But by the time he turned around a couple years later and became a face... He was the second biggest babyface in the company right behind Stone Cold, even though, even though Stone Cold was never a real babyface because of all the things he did. You know, the fans still loved Stone You could not make a fan hate Stone Cold, no matter what. And they tried to make Stone Cold a heel in 2001, and it was stupid because nobody was going to boo him. Right. But, but by making Rock turn heel... It made the fans that were booing him anyways boo him more because he was starting to do heelish things. But then when he came back around and became a babyface, it was because then he was able to make the fans go with him. And yeah, it worked. I don't know if Roman's got that same amount of charisma that The Rock has. Just because Mm -hmm. you're related doesn't mean you have that. (laughs) And that's kind of what it would take is a lot of charisma. But also, if... Roman Reigns does, then they need to do what they also should stop doing all around, and that's uh, heavily scripting everything. They need more things to happen organically and allow things to happen organically. And the wrestlers need to be able to speak what they're going to say. Like, say what you're... It needs to come from them, not... You know, maybe give bullet points if you need something to go from, okay, we want you to talk about this, and you got to end it with this. Fine. But the middle should be from you. And if you can't do that, then this isn't the business for you. You should be able to do promos without having to memorize scripts. Okay. So maybe maybe if they try to turn him heel and let him go off script more, maybe he has a, ch- a chance to win over the fans? I think so, because he's he's been interviewed in you know different interview settings, and he comes off as, a, as kind of a charming guy where he doesn't uh, feel as produced. And I think that's what hurts him. Okay. Okay. So overall, your experience with the Rumble this year, you really enjoyed it. Did did seeing it live have anything to do with you enjoying it more than maybe you would have seeing it at home? Definitely, because I got to actually feel the excitement. And like I said before, it's a different audience when you're at a bigger, you know, what we call the the big four, the original big four pay-per-views back before they did monthly shows was uh, the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Those were your big four. You only had four pay-per-views a year, and then in between you just have uh, 
well, back in the day they had Wrestling Challenge and Superstars. Later mm-hmm. on, got Monday Raw and whatnot. But otherwise, you only had four big shows, so that was the big ones to go to. And even though now pay-per-view or sometimes even two every month, you still have memories of the big four. So you do have fans that only go to the big four, Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, etc. And those are the ones where you expect a better show, better matchups, and you're going to get the more hardcore audience that's been there for you know decades as a fan. And there's people that no matter what, they go every year to WrestleMania, whether they you know see every show or not, or whatever city it's in, they go no matter what. Okay, this is our vacation here, which is like people go to Disneyland. There, other people get to go to WrestleMania every year. Okay. Which would be fun if I had the kind of money to do that every year, let me tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'd love that. <laughs> so, yeah. Excellent. Well, are there any final things you wanted to say about the about the show? Uh, just that, again, I had a great time, and if you're able to go to a show, do it, because uh, it's, it's, it's fun, it's exciting, and the Rumble, again, is a, a unique match to where you never know who's going to show up. Uh, we did have a couple other surprises. Uh, we had like uh, MVP uh, Montel Von P- Vontavius Porter. He wrestled in the mid two thousands, and then uh, he lives here in Houston, actually, I believe. And that's you know that was a nice surprise. A lot of people thought Booker T was going to show up in the Rumble match, but he came out just doing commentary. Uh, I think that's why they put him at the commentary table uh, for the men's Rumble, so that people wouldn't think he was going to be coming in as a uh, as a, a legend character, especially um, in his hometown, yeah, <laughs> where apparently he might be running for mayor. Oh God! <laughs> have, now I will ask you because you live if you live here. Yeah. Um, have you listened to Booker T's radio show? No, I have not listened to it yet. I've I've heard bits and pieces, and uh, I've seen little segments that people share, but I haven't uh, sat down and listened to one. Have you? I have. So. Okay. As you know, at least you know, I don't know if my listeners know, but I listen to a lot of, in fact, all I listen to in my car is sports radio. Uh-huh. Um, if it's not a podcast, it's our local ESPN radio station that Booker T does his show on. It's actually a very entertaining show. I've learned a bit about wrestling listening to it, and Booker's a personality. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, there was a day where I was driving home, and my favorite show on that was their actual drive home show, their four to seven show. And there was actually a day where Booker T guest hosted that. And it was interesting to get to hear his takes on actual things that aren't wrestling, like on local baseball and like the uh, Houston sports mm. in general. It's an interesting take. But I do recommend it. The Hall of Fame is what it's called. I think it's on, it's on like three times a week from like, I think, seven to nine. And if y'all listening want to check it out, I think it's on Twitch. You can actually check it out on Twitch if you look for our ESPN station's Twitch. It's ESPN 97.5. Okay. But it's it's a, it's definitely interesting to listen to. I think I definitely think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, that's something I definitely would uh, give it a try. I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, so I'll listen to that. Definitely give it a chance. And it's definitely worth it. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up here. Mr. Junkie, is there anything you'd like to uh, plug that you've got in the works coming out? Well, I've always got my YouTube channel available for everyone's uh, viewing pleasure. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube, Junkie. 
Uh, every month, I do a uh, new predictions episode on uh, upcoming WWE Network shows. So I'll be doing one coming up in the next uh, few weeks on the Super Showdown. That'll be the next uh, pay-per-view, followed up by, I believe, Elimination Chamber is the next one. And then we get WrestleMania. I don't between those. Uh, but every uh, network show, I'll do a predictions episode sharing my predictions, and I'll share some current events and, and uh, r- news and rumors. And then uh, fans can follow me on Twitter. PopCultureJunk2 is my handle. They can send questions and topics of any kind. The funnier, the wilder, the better. And I'll answer anything, talk about anything you ask. And then uh, following the network special, usually that evening, I'll post a spoiler recap and results of the full event, sharing happenings and the results, everything that happened at the show, and my little bit of feedback on it. Uh, but as well, you can check out the YouTube channel. I've got all types of other content on there. Mystery Mini Monday every Monday, unboxing different blind boxes of blind bags, subscription boxes, unboxing, and lots more. So definitely check out the uh, YouTube channel. Excellent. And I will have links, as always, in the podcast description. So once again, I do want to thank Mr. Junkie for joining us today and filling in for Miss Nancy with the second half of the episode while she finishes unpacking her new life. <laughs> and hey, I appreciate you having me on. It's always uh, fun just getting to talk with you guys. Of course, I can always talk wrestling. Yeah, and I think we're going to have something that works to do, do a new novices guide soon. We might be talking some Transformers, so stick around for that thing of tears. But until next week, we'll talk to you then. <laughs>